Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Camera Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. All right, so for this episode, we have a continuation of uh, an episode that Joel and Hope and I did a couple of uh, a couple of podcasts back, where we tried to explain our partnership agreement in depth. And one of the things that came out of that podcast is the concept or idea of putting all of your eggs in one basket. But it was it was this whole other topic that we felt like deserved a little bit more time and exploration. So once again, Hope fearlessly led Joel and I through a conversation to help better explain this concept of putting all your eggs in one basket. So uh, we looked at it from a couple of different angles and a couple different ways. We even went all the way back to the inception of where that phrase actually came from and we examined that for just a second. But anyway, hopefully you'll appreciate um, some of the insight and dialogue we had as it relates to this idea of putting all your eggs in one basket, especially as it relates to a career search. Okay, without further ado, here's the podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast. A couple of weeks ago, Joel, Pete, and I sat down and had a roundtable discussion covering the topic of our partnership agreement. And during that episode, we covered a mountain's worth of great content, but we three all wanted to circle back and touch on one specific phrase that we hear fairly often. And that phrase is, you know, I'm not sure I want to put all my eggs in one basket. So we wanted to create this separate episode or partnership agreement 2.0 to discuss this more in detail. Now, Joel, I know you hear this phrase a lot. Why don't you explain to our listeners what exactly the quote unquote, all your eggs in one basket phrase means? Thanks, Hope. And I think that when people say, I'm not sure I want to put all my eggs in one basket, they could mean one of several things. I don't think it means the same thing to everybody. Sometimes I think what they they mean by it is that if I partner with you, there's an element of control that Cameron Brooks is going to have in my career search. And hey, we recruit type A people predominantly, right? A players, type A people that uh, that you know are used to being in control. I'm absolutely one of them. And it's hard to trust somebody. And when I think we talked about that in the, I think it was episode 110, where we did the, the agreement, we talked about earning the trust. So I think there's an element of can I trust Cameron Brooks to give some control of my search? And I don't really think that we're in the, we want to take control. That's not what our goal is. And that's not the way we want it to be. We want it to be where we can really understand the person's military background. Cause there's many, many of them combination of jobs and experiences and education and interests and say, this is where it aligns at a variety of opportunities. So there's an element of it's less about control and it's more can I trust Cameron Brooks to be able to align me with things that, that I will like? And that leads me to the second thing is that they get concerned. Well, what if I go through this whole process? I'm coming to one of your conferences 60 days prior to starting terminal leave, 75 days before I start terminal leave. What if, and this is really what the all the eggs in the one basket comes out is what if, what if, what if I don't like anything? What if I'm not interested in anything? 
you know, I would say, you know, I know we're going to get into a lot of these things, but I would say that when we partner with somebody, we're listening not only if they're marketable in identifying backgrounds, but there's a huge element of listening and discovering, can we help this person? Is there alignment? Ideally, again, we get to that point where we've listened and this is a partnership that is aligned to help them reach their goals. So that doesn't happen very often. We'll give some statistics later. And then third, what if you don't live up to your side of the agreement? Meaning what if um, you don't have companies? What if the opportunities don't work out? What if um, I don't get an offer? What if this doesn't happen? And there's some of that because in a human business like this, we commit to bringing great companies, open positions and great preparation as we talked about in the last podcast, but we can't, no recruiting firm can say we guarantee an offer. So I think that that's why, ooh, there is a little bit of uncertainty that causes this phrase, all your eggs in one basket, that I hope that we can kind of color some of those things in today. I think that's great, Joel. Thank you for coloring that in. And I know, We've all heard the phrase, all your eggs in one basket. It's actually one of the most popular idioms in the, in the English language. So Pete, what ex where did this phrase originate? What does it mean exactly? Yeah, just, just a little bit of historical context. And I'll do this very quickly, just so people can appreciate where we're coming from. This, this phrase, all your eggs in one basket actually comes from the book Don Quixote by Manuel Cervantes. There's a part in the book where it says, tis the part of a wise man to keep himself today for tomorrow and not venture all his eggs in one basket. And basically what he's saying is don't concentrate all of your resources in one area because what if that thing fails? What if that area fails? And then of course you're going to be left with nothing. And so in today's, kind of parlance, if you will, the phrase is most often expressed in the negative as an admonishment to diversify, make sure you're diversified. And so where we see that manifest itself mostly is in this, in the world of investing. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And I've always heard, and we've always heard um, as investors, you should diversify your stock and what your, uh, and your mutual funds and things like that. Joel, I know you have a background in finance. Uh, why don't you touch on this idea of diversification um, from the idiom to Cameron Brooks? And how do we, how do we connect that there? How are, are there similarities? Yeah, I guess before we get into that, uh, boy, I'm just surprised that Pete's read Don Quixote. That's, I mean, <laughs> why, wait, hold on. Why are you surprised by that? I just didn't know, I just didn't know West Point would have that in the curriculum. Um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a broad and uh, deep curriculum, friend. Yeah. Summary. Well, I just had to throw that one in there. Hopefully some of the podcast listeners enjoy that. But yeah, I was a finance major and I, and I, I like to, to study and read about uh, our finances, personal finance and manager 401k at Cameron Brooks. And I, you know, I, I actually believe wholeheartedly in the phrase for investing, don't put all your eggs in one basket because you know, they, there's all sorts of data out there. You should be diversified across like 15 stocks with your savings. And, and if you got stocks, you should also have some things in bonds and you should have some cash and, and maybe these other things as well. And, 
And so from an investing standpoint, that makes all the sense in the world because you're trying to diversify your risk. And so along come mutual funds. It's one, it's like you can buy one mutual fund and you can really diversify across a marketplace and you reduce that, exp that exposure. You get two, three funds across that marketplace. So I think it's great advice in investing. And if somebody was going to come to Cameron Brooks and say, I only want that one company that's a client of ours, I would say that that's not a good strategy or I want that only one or two, three, four companies. But Cameron Brooks is a, it's a strategy. It's not a, it's not one sort. It's not one company. It's not a basket of you. Well, if it falls, going back to Don Quixote, it's going to break all those eggs because we are so diversified when you do a career search through Cameron Brooks, different industries, different uh, career fields, different locations. And so that's why it's kind of similar to investing while that plays there. And Cameron Brooks would be much more like similar, not exactly like coming to a diversified strategy, if you will, to diversify and move that risk lower. Yeah, that's great. And jumping off of that, just from your experience in the multiple conferences that you've been to, how many different career fields could a candidate potentially see at one of our conferences? They could see, well, we, we categorize them into four buckets, but even you know, Hope, by coming to the conferences that we only throw them into buckets to make it easy to talk about. But in reality, most, most of these jobs and careers can fall into two, three buckets themselves. I mean, we could take a, we could take somebody, let's take a criminal justice army six-year officer, but that's a good communicator. That's been a logistics officer, for example. Well, that person might think, well, what am I qualified for? This person could interview for team leadership jobs and warehousing, logistics, distribution, could interview for uh, sales positions, both in medical device, but also what we call more business to business industrial sales. It could interview for business analyst roles. Person could interview for biopharmaceutical companies, medical device companies, alternative energy, the last conference is, for example, to uh, consumer packaged goods. It's a variety. And we, in Cameron Brooks, we have deliberately, deliberately diversified our client base because as, you know, for example, the energy, the hydrocarbon energy industry right now is down. And there's kind of a nice uptick right now because of COVID in the biopharmaceutical, but we're also seeing upticks in other areas like some risk management consulting and some business analyst areas and things like that. So that diversification at Cameron Brooks with thousands of hiring managers and thousands of different pockets of different companies that we recruit for. And then in my time at Cameron Brooks, we have over 5,000 alumni alone in my time at Cameron Brooks. Many of those 5,000 alumni are in hiring positions that we have relationships with that call back, email back that are on our distro list when we have a conference coming up and we say, here's the type of candidates we have. We can we have all those connections to allow those hiring managers then to come to a conference. So, and that's that diversification that we bring. So we are a diversified portfolio. <laughs> you could and, 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 you know, it's interesting because it, somebody asked me this today too. And I think that, well, we're diversified. You know, one of the things when you invest, if somebody who's really smart in investing, they don't want their mutual fund to turn over very often because it creates problems. 
So somebody says, well, Joel, based on that, do you guys have the same companies come to every conference? It's like, no, we actually don't. I mean, anywhere from 10 to 20% of the hiring groups at a conference could be brand new. By brand new, I don't mean out of the blue, nothing. It might be a new company where one of our alumnus alumni moved to. Maybe it's our, you know, we've had this happen multiple times. One of our alumnus playing golf with somebody. They tell this person about it. They call us. Or we've got a, a hiring manager from one company. He tells another division about it. It's constantly evolving and changing and growing and expanding. So it is diversifying and it's also renewing itself over time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And Pete, I know you have a lot of conversations with officers, very candid. Uh, when you hear the phrase, you know, all your eggs in one basket, we kind of see it as like a more cynical approach, right? So it kind of assumes the basket is destined to, to fail. Well, I think that's exactly right. Putting all your eggs in one basket really does assume that the, the likelihood of failure is high. But it's interesting about if you look at Cameron Brooks as a as an organization and what this organization has been able to do for over 50 years, it, it's quite the opposite. The, the fact is the basket doesn't fail and there is literally over 50 years of experience to back that up. I mean, just imagine that. Imagine if someone walked up to you and said, hey, two months before you start terminal leave. So that's depending on how much terminal leave you're going to take somewhere between three and four months before you actually separate from the military. You're going to have somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 12 actual physical job interviews with leading companies into leadership roles that are that is roles that is commensurate with your leadership experience, not college hire Joel uh, roles. And you would actually start work before you separate from the military. So there's no overlap, there's no gap. And these are businesses that are looking for non-traditional candidates, right? Military officers to fill positions that would typically be filled by someone with industry experience. So if you think about all your eggs in one basket, I don't, it's hard to imagine that cynical approach to that expression because when you look at the organization of Cameron Brooks, and what we've been able to do over the course of 50 years, most of which I haven't been around and a part of, but what what this organization has been able to do over 50 years in terms of helping military officers transition, I just think it's the wrong way or it's the wrong approach to look at what we do in helping military officers transition. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I mean, there's always the what if, mm-hmm. right? So Joel, what if? And I'm glad you posed the question to me because as Pete knows, even better than you, uh, hope that that's kind of the way my brain works. I'm a big whatever. And uh, it's helpful in mitigating risks, and, but sometimes you're going to overthink things as well. And so I want to address this to people that I get it. It's uh, your resignation. You're, you're the only, I think Pete alluded to this, you're the only person, group of people that has to resign before you actually start looking for a job. In corporate America, you find your job, you accept, then you resign. So this what if is a, I just, you know, with the voice of the JMO, I I get it. So let me give you some data. Prior, pre-pandemic, so prior to April, in my history at Cameron Brooks, 95% of the candidates that come to a conference get an offer. 
and it's been probably less than 10, can't be that much more. I can be conservative and say less than 20. Again, that's 20 people over 20 years, 21 years now that have left the conference without companies pursuing them. I think it's, I think even 20 is hot, way too high. And the reason I know that is that typically I, I would be the person that meets with them and it's disappointing to hear that. So it does, it does it happen? Sure. There's, there's occasionally, but that's pretty rare. 95% get offers very close to hundred percent get pursued. What is that? What happens at 5%? Because that's the next question. What happens if I'm in the 5%? First of all, it's very rare. Majority of that 5%, we look at the data, there's something that they do on their own after the conference. Like we just had 37 candidates attend our November conference. One candidate, he had three, four companies asking about him the Thursday after the conference. He decided that he and his wife needed to get back to Central Texas. So he dropped out. So he's one of the 5%. That is more common why people don't get offers. Now, we saw a little bit dip in those statistics in the April timeframe when COVID hit and, and a lot of uncertainty. And it got better in June and August. Now, here in November, where the candidates averaged 11 and a half interviews, or I think Mary Lou actually corrected me today, 11.6 interviews, 36 candidates went to the follow-up process, that one self-eliminated effort. 36 candidates went to the follow-up process. Every single candidate has an offer. But this is also, but this is the crazy thing, you guys, how long ago was the conference? Weeks ago. Weeks ago, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago today, it ended. And now they have multiple offers. Some yeah, that's right. I, I want to kind of put, put an exclamation on that point. Many have more than one offer. It's not, exactly. it's not they have an offer. Like there are a lot of offers going around. Three so weeks after a first interview. 14 working days after the conference, you have 36 candidates with offers. The majority of them have multiple offers. The average number of follow-up interviews candidates got to go on was over four, four interviews. By the way, Majority of these were done virtually because we're in the pandemic. So we're figuring this out. Our companies are comfortable with it. And the part of the reason, big reason they're comfortable with it is the trust that they put in Cameron Brooks and the vetting process to get here. So I just wanted to share that data because is it foolproof? No, but I don't know any transition that, that is foolproof. But we do reduce a lot of the risk. And I wanted to share that data because it it helps make it more concrete. But let's go with the the, the what if, because again, that's the way I think. That although unlikely, what if this happens? We got to, Pete said this, is that we, we don't, you know, we're highly successful. We don't rarely fail. We don't fail. We got to define what, what, what success is in some cases. We learned a lot about your marketability. You've learned a ton about interviewing. You have the ability to network now at a much higher level. If you go all the way through the process and the interviews, and you happen to be very, very rare, you now have like a PhD in interviewing and networking. A majority, I can't, rarely do I see one of those people say, okay, I went on my own and I struggled. It is within weeks, they contact me. I got this offer, I've done this. And often those people say, hey, I'm doing this. I'll help them, even though it's not a client of ours too, because they made go back to the agreement podcast. This is a commitment that we made to them to help them reach their goals. The other thing too is the conference isn't always the end all be all. Sometimes we have other companies that we can refer them to outside the conference. Occasionally, 
I think there's a, and I think there, before I speak this, there's a misperception. It's a one and done with Cameron Brooks. Well, mm -hmm. I think that mis, there's a misperception because the majority only need to do one. And then we would always consider somebody to the next conference if it was in their best interest. Like we could make sure that if they came back and invest all those resources that they would be successful. So there is that possibility. Um, but typically the candidate doesn't want to do that because there's like a nine week gap between those two. So I wanted to say, okay, what if this is what they get out of it? And I tell you, when we talk to people about the conference itself, remember the conference is not just interviewing. It's like life changing. It sounds terrible, but it is life changing. They'll say they've learned how to ask questions. They've learned how to communicate. They've built this amazing network. They've discovered corporate America and things that they've never even knew before. So there's tremendous value in if that you get if they are one of those very very few what ifs. Mm -hmm. And I think you know maybe a lot of military officers who are thinking about the all my eggs in one basket, getting to the end of the what if statement is just this big black hole of a giant question mark kind of staring them in the face, but that's not necessarily true. Um, and that can get, that idea can get a little bit overwhelming and it's scary, honestly. Um, but when you get to the end there and the question mark for the what if is staring in your face, you have options. There are still pathways as Joel just touched on. So Pete, you know, that all your eggs in one basket, again, implies the cynical view that there aren't any options, that you only have one way. Um, so, why don't you touch on the, you know, the secrets of our conference process right. and how it kind of relates to the agreement. Right. So, and, you know, remember we, we wanted to have this extra podcast because we felt like this was something to explore in itself from our uh, partnership agreement podcast. And so I think the important thing to appreciate about the career conference and really the partnership agreement relative to the conference is we ask that an officer come to the conference first, right? Before he or she sends their resume to friends and family or posts it on Indeed or LinkedIn, we ask for the first opportunity to show that officer to corporate America. And so this idea of all your eggs in one basket is a little bit, a little bit of a misnomer because if you think about it, the conference sequentially, what we're asking is, is it be the first thing, not the only thing. And I want to reiterate what Joel just said, you know, 36 of the officers who came to the conference at this point in the game from a couple few weeks ago all have offers. So in most cases, they have found what they're looking for through this these 10 to 12 interviews. But the agreement is over the day after the conference. And if a person wants to then extend themselves in every other direction, that is A-OK -okay and on the table. So I, I think it's important to to appreciate that the conference sequentially occurs first. It's not an only, it's not a, it's not a only this and nothing else. It's a come to the conference first. And one of the things that, one of the things I'd say, I wanna put an exclamation point on what Joel said, you know, I have yet to hear a, an officer who says when they're done with the conference, I think I just wasted 
four days of my life learning about industries and companies and positions and interviews. And Joel said, PhD in interviewing. I mean, imagine if you had 10 to 12 interviews over a two day period, man, when you got to the end of that process, you would know exactly what a leading company looks like in a development candidate role. And you would be an expert at interviewing. So this idea of all your eggs in one basket is such a misnomer Instead, think sequentially, like, let me do this first. Let me do a broad search first. And then the day after the conference, if you want or have the need to explore other options, one, you're a lot more prepared to do that. And two, you're certainly free to do that. I just want to give an anecdote here. There was a um, candidate this last conference who um, called me about a month before the conference. And um, it was had some things going on his own um, and he had some traction and he wasn't sure if it was going to come through. And one of the companies was a fortune 10 company with a job in Houston. His friend had gotten his resume inside of there. And I had said to him, listen, I'm interested. And he said, well, what do I do about this? And it's my friend. And I said, well, here's what I recommend. Call your friend, just tell him to hold on to your resume, not to, get it into the system and not set up the interview or anything yet, go to the conference, go to the conference and then, and then contact them as soon as the conference is over and make it an and. See, I think there's a perception out there and I've seen this in feedback and things like that. Well, Cameron Brooks only wants to come to the conference because they want to, you know, make money off of you. And, and if that was the case, I would never have said that to this candidate because I wanted him to be able to do both because I want him to make the best decision possible. And I believe by going to the conference, learning about corporate America, learning about tons of different types of positions and opportunities, that he, that he will get to see a lot of things. And then sometimes I also hear, well, if you can't Brooks, your companies are so good, you wouldn't even need the agreement. Well, I do believe our companies are so good. I'm willing to say, hey, just put it on hold, come to the conference and get that going right afterwards. And it's never been about that. So I think that just talks, you know, comes back to what you were saying there, Pete, about it's, it's a first. And you know what Cameron Brooks says? If you get out there and you make it an and, oh, we're good with that. We just want you to make a good decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's great. And we have you know, multiple conversations with officers before, sometimes even before they're accepted into our program. And we want to make sure, right, that we can help you get to your end goal, whether, you know, that's like, I want um, a career that has a really great work-life balance or for a leading firm or um, some somewhere where I feel really challenged and fulfilled at work. And um, so that is why we have these multiple conversations just to see if we would be a good fit, which ties back to our partnership agreement episode on the podcast. Um, because we are, you know, we are looking for a specific candidate um, because we are kind of a niche recruiting firm, right? And so this this niche, just like you would, you know, I like to explain it. Um, like in a travel sense, I love to travel and um, you're kind of seeing travel agencies 
become more outdated, but then you're seeing this rise of like niche and boutique travel agencies. So you're going to these travel agencies for a very specific reason, usually like a luxury travel agency, and you want all the stops. You want to just say, this is my end goal, help me get there. So they book everything for you, logistics, they help prep you, they're always on call, they're ready and there and willing to make your journey absolutely perfect, no hitches. And I would compare Cameron Brooks to that, just being boutique kind of uh, recruiting firm and looking for a very specific type, you know, of client to get to the end goal. You know, what your end goal is, we want to make sure it aligns with who we are as a company and that we can provide to you. There was an officer who came to the conference um, uh, a few months back. So I think it was the June of 2020 conference and he was transitioning from Hawaii and he had conducted his search. He had received multiple offers and he accepted one of the offers. offers. But as he, he and I were closing out, he said, you know, I, I feel like um, Cameron Brooks is like partnering with a scuba dive, scuba diving company or a scuba diving guide. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, I'm here in Hawaii. You know, I, I don't really know how to scuba dive, but if I want to learn how to scuba dive, I'm going to part, I'm not, I'm not just going to go down to the local store and buy a couple of tanks and a mask and, you know, try to go for it. He says, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to go to the company that has the best reviews. I'm going to interview some of the people that are going to train me. And then I'm going to decide to partner with this organization. And then I'm going to get world-class training, preparing me to scuba dive so I can go and breathe underwater and do all the things required for that. And then I'm going to be perfectly outfitted for the gear that fits me, the gear that, that um, will allow me to be the best effective, you know, have the funnest time scuba diving, I guess as it were. And then I'm going to rely on the company not to just throw me in the middle of the ocean and hope that I can see a fish or something. I'm going to rely on that company to take me to the choicest spots in the ocean in order to do the best possible scuba diving that I can do. And he said that to me, though I've never been scuba diving, it made perfect sense to me. If you want to partner with a company that knows exactly how to train military officers, equip them and bring you to the choicest spots, as it were, in order to interview and ultimately conduct a career, a career search, it makes a lot of sense relative to all of the things we're talking about, this idea of putting your eggs, all your eggs in one basket, all of that stuff. It just, it, it's an analogy that really worked for me. Before we hit the record button, Joel had a conversation with an officer who came to this very last conference a couple of weeks ago and had a pretty interesting conversation and, and he shared that with Hope and I and, and, uh, and I and he said he wanted to share it on this podcast and I think it makes perfect sense to kind of bring a real world example of what might be relative to this idea of putting all your eggs in one basket. So this candidate, uh, very complex situation. Um, he, he was making a transition the same time as his spouse. So they're trying to align the same, you know, same locations and getting offers. And they were doing, a, they were working with different firms. They were applying to things on LinkedIn. And um, I think that they were initially staying away from us because of the, the concern of all the eggs in one basket. But 
they weren't really being able to 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 get things aligned for one of them, much less both of them together. And he emailed, took it, he took a position with a company, and his wife took a position with the same company, obviously in the same location. It was very hard to do, but he sent me an email, and um, Cameron Brooks did an amazing job, amazing in all caps, you know, self congratulatory here. Um, and he said, you fr- it was kind of back to what you talked about this person in Hawaii. We were able to frame his skill sets into military experience into great career tracks. They taught him how to showcase his skill set in an interview and to apply positions. And most importantly, he had spent, in his spouse, had spent the last 45 days applying, creating profiles, talking to talent acquisitions people getting a little creating a lot of activity but no real like hard interviews i think maybe she got one but no real hard interviews and so within contacting me about two three weeks prior to the conference two weeks prior to the conference i believe it was which is not normal by the way he went from like a lot of activity and really nothing to he had, he had like 12 interviews she had like 13 interviews they had multiple offers that over that kind of overlapped with each other, or I should say follow-ups that overlapped with each other. They were on the way to multiple offers that overlapped with each other when they made a decision. With, so within five weeks of contacting us, and I don't recommend this, they went from a lot of 45 days of a lot of activity to a, a return, go all the eggs on your basket, one basket, return on their investment. And I think that that's really what what this is the the partnership agreement allows us to do, and it's supposed to be. I hope started that last podcast off with about the win for the candidate, the win for the companies, and ultimately win for us. I do want to just add one thing that Hope alluded to, and you did as well, Pete. That if I were advising my younger brother or something like that was the military getting out, and he was working with a different recruiting firm that wasn't boutique, that wasn't like full service, you know, beginning to end, that didn't have this commitment, I would say, I would actually say to him, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because that there's different models of recruiting firms where they do a lot more of submitting resumes out and contacting other organizations, but there's not a lot of investment in walking through a process together, a program plan, together it's there's a lot more variability in it so you would have to reduce the variability by adding a lot of other things on your own but that creates a lot of complexity like what was happening with this previous candidate we had a lot of activity but nothing really coming through so with Karen Brooks it, it is different because the process the program the relationships with companies the history reduces a lot of that variability along the way and reduces that uncertainty and risk. That was great. That was almost a great conclusion. <laughs> and almost, almost a great conclusion? That was a great conclusion. So <laughs> I hate to follow that up. Those are really fantastic examples of exactly real world candidate experience, what was happening in real time and you know wanting control of the situation and then kind of partnering with someone who is more boutique and to your to your point um you know the eggs in one basket when you are 
seeking out a specific quote unquote scuba diving um, company or a luxury travel boutique firm or a really niche recruiting firm, military recruiting firm. We help we help you, I guess, to jump off of the idiom and the analogy, but we help you bubble wrap all of your eggs. So it's almost foolproof. You know, if you do trip, they're bubble wrapped for you. Um, but really, during our partnership agreement episode, we, we did touch on the fact that the agreement isn't going to be the right fit for everyone. And that's, that's totally okay. Um, but if you're, if you're someone who is really looking for a search and you're multi-talented and you want to see exactly where your career could lead you and take you and you have multiple interests and you could have, then you could have 10 to 12 interviews at a Cameron Brooks conference across a variety of industries, like we said. Um, so if that is putting all of your eggs in one basket, then I personally would want to put all of my eggs in the Cameron Brooks basket. Hey everyone, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us for another edition. Hopefully, some of the things that we said today will be meaningful and insightful to you as you're navigating your decision making process as it relates to transitioning in a career and conducting your career search. Uh, if you want to know more about Cameron Brooks, of course, you can find us. Uh, all of our material on our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. Also, lots of other places to find us, social media, YouTube, et cetera. So, uh, and then, of course, if you have any questions whatsoever, you can reach out to me directly. My email address is my simply my first name, Pete, at Cameron-Brooks.com, or you can always reach me directly in the office, 210-874-1500. All right, until the next episode, you guys have a great day.